This is the In Focus podcast from the Hindu. Hello and welcome to the Hindu's In Focus podcast with me, Amit Barua, your host for this episode. The people of Pakistan have spoken. They have reposed their faith in democracy and cast their vote against the establishment's efforts to decimate the Pakistan Tehreek-e-Insaf of jailed former Prime Minister Imran Khan. Independents, backed by his party, PTI as it's known, have won 93 seats in the House of 264, with the Muslim League Nawaz notching up 75. The Pakistan People's Party has won 54 seats. It looks like a coalition government will take power in the country. Talks have begun between the Nawaz League and the PPP to form a coalition government, even as the mandate appears to be for the PTI. So what lies ahead for Pakistan? What does the mandate of February the 8th mean? Will Imran Khan be out of jail like Nawaz Sharif for a fresh lease of life in politics? Or is that too early? To discuss these issues, I am joined from Islamabad by Shahzeb Jilani, co-host of Don TV's current affairs show, Zara Hatke. He has also worked for the BBC previously. Welcome to the In Focus podcast, Shahzeb. Thank you, Amit. Pleasure to be here. Shahzeb, could you give us an overall assessment of what you think uh, the results are about? Well, you know, this uh, was unprecedented, what we saw uh, in these elections. Uh, a number of independents winning the election despite all the odds against them. Uh, I can't remember an election in the last uh, three decades where so many independent candidates have won. And not only won, they are the biggest group uh, in the parliament. Uh, and this, again, despite the fact that Imran Khan is in jail, he has been convicted in a number of cases, his party had no room to, uh, to launch a campaign, they did not even get their election symbol. They weren't allowed to hold their meetings. Uh, and they ran their, their campaign on social media largely. And frankly speaking, I was one of the, the skeptical ones in Pakistani media. I really did not think that all the, the activities on social media will translate into voting on the election day. So this is pretty sort of amazing that a party with no structure and no machinery uh, that people still went to the polls, even though it was widely And believed. with no common symbol. No common symbol, absolutely. I mean, you know, I also felt that people will get confused. They wouldn't know which symbol to, to stamp on. Uh, but not only they knew, they went out in huge numbers. They did not make uh, a scene out of it, meaning that a lot of times you didn't know that these are PTI people. But especially in urban areas, uh, they made their way to the polling station and they gave their vote. And to me, that was uh, a vote against the establishment uh, for what it has done to the PTI and to Imran Khan. And it reflected seething anger among supporters of uh, Imran Khan and the wider public. So tell us, uh, uh, Shahzeb, you know, from you're in Islamabad now, tell us, uh, you know, there are widespread allegations of rigging, you know. What do you make of these allegations? There are lots of videos uh, floating around, there, you know, lots of stuff on social media. What do you make of these allegations? Well, Amit, this election was tainted uh, long before it was held. 
because of the reasons I, I just mentioned. But we had a kind of expected rather naively that on the election day, the voting process will be transparent. And uh, we hoped that what happened in 2018, when Imran Khan was the establishment's uh, blue-eyed boy, uh, and they ensured that he wins, we had thought that this, the establishment would have learned from it and they will not repeat the, the experiment. Instead, we saw uh, on the election day, mobile services, internet were shut down across the country. Uh, as you know, it's, it's, it's probably true in India uh, and in the region. Uh, a lot of times, if the polling hasn't started on time and there are concerns, they usually extend the polling time by a couple of hours to ensure that people who are coming or who haven't made it, they, they make it. This time, it, it stopped exactly at 5 p.m. across the country. So there was. it seemed like the election commission wasn't really interested in ensuring that everybody gets to have their say, right? And then uh, even after the polling ended, I mean, we were doing live transmission on Dawn TV, and I remember for next 24 hours, the results weren't really coming in. Uh, and that's bizarre because they had this... Uh, and in fact, uh, the final results have just come uh, today, in a sense. Uh, some results were announced uh, this afternoon, actually. Absolutely. I mean, the results have been trickling in painfully slowly over the last uh, two to three days. And that's that doesn't make sense. I mean, even before the digital age, I remember covering elections. And in most urban areas, you get like 80% result in from urban constituencies so you can have a clear trend and this time i remember we were we were doing the live broadcast and everybody was just speculating because results were coming in we were constantly demanding where is the election commission the election commissioner they had one job to do they were nowhere to be found it's like everybody had gone home and they didn't care uh, and so that gave rise to the allegations and suspicion that results were being managed at some level uh, and then, as you say, there are a number of social media posts, videos where uh, candidates are alleging that ballot boxes were being stuffed or ballot boxes were being brought in through the back door. And we know now that, uh, you know, dozens of candidates have approached the tribunals alleging rigging, uh, miscount and things like that. And these challenges uh, complicate the picture. Uh, because uh, it, it it really depends if these cases will be decided swiftly or will they linger on in courts. One argument that I heard on some of the uh, Pakistani TV channels was that if there was actual rigging, then you know why would the PTI win or the PTI-backed independents uh, win as many as 93 seats? What do you make of that argument? That's an interesting argument. It's something that the caretaker government and the election commission has also suggested. The only problem is that the PTI, Imran Khan's party, is saying that despite all the efforts by state institutions to crush it, they've actually won twice as many seats. So, so what they are saying is that we've been deprived of, uh, of a very clear majority and actually our numbers are much higher than, than what currently shows. So we obviously were talking to reporters, people on the ground, and it is my assessment that in the Khaibur Pakhtunkhwa province, where Imran Khan's party is hugely popular and ran the provincial government for the last 10 years, the voters were still passionately committed to Imran Khan. And the response in the voting was so overwhelming that even if you want to temper with the result, there's only so much you can do, right? 
same thing in Punjab, but to a slightly lesser extent, where the most popular party, uh, Nawaz Sharif's party, uh, arguably, did not get uh, a simple majority. And many of their central leaders who, you know, who have dominated Pakistan's political scene could not even win their own seats. So in Punjab and Khyber Pakhtunkhwa, uh, I feel that the, the angry voter came out in such numbers that uh, even those who, uh, who, who had like underestimated PTI were surprised. Uh, but, you know, the, the big question still is, Amit, that uh, what we, you know, we are calling them PTI-backed independent candidates. And we have started to see in the last 24 hours some of these newly, in, uh, newly elected uh, candidates already starting to switch sides. And that's what is the big concern, that if the mandate is with the PTI, it is still unclear whether it will be respected or whether their independence will start to break away. Uh, and that is what we, uh, we, we have to watch over the next couple of days. So, Shahzeb, uh, you know, let's look at, uh, you know, let's look at uh, what, uh, you know, government formation. So with, with the numbers, uh, you know, that are there, uh, it looks like um, the Muslim League Nawaz, the PPP and the MQM would be able to form a government. Do you think that's the most likely scenario that's likely to emerge? It is likely scenario, not because uh, the three parties you mentioned, they want to work together. Uh, it is the likely scenario because the, the the PTI party has categorically and repeatedly said that it will not work with any other party, including People's Party or PMLN. Uh, and because PTI has always been on this path of sort of a solo flight, uh, and especially against these established parties, they have said it again today that we rather sit in opposition and be a strong opposition than uh, back Zardari's party or Nawaz Sharif's party. And I think for that reason, the, the three traditional parties, uh, People's Party, Nawaz League, and to a lesser extent, MQM, may then be forced to come together. Now, they have a lot of misgivings uh, about working with uh, each other in the past. Uh, so another scenario could be that if, let's say, uh, Bilawal Bhutto Zardari emerges as the strongest candidate and he has the, also the backing and blessings of the army leadership, then uh, then others could 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 support him uh, with the vote of confidence, but not join the government. So uh, a scenario we could be looking at is a minority government, right? Uh, and if that happens, uh, it will be a weak government. Uh, and it will not have the the mandate uh, to carry out wider reforms, and we will be again in a period of political instability. And also, some reports suggest that uh, Nawaz Sharif um, is unlikely to be prime minister. Say, if the Muslim League um, is to offer a candidate, would it be Shabazz Sharif? Then, what's your sense? Yes, I think it's pretty much clear that Sh that Nawaz Sharif's uh, return to power for the fourth time is pretty much uh, not happening uh, because of the results we saw when he uh, when he made his uh, speech uh, after the results he visibly seemed dejected uh, he had hoped for a much better performance but for better or for worse he he seemed to accept that uh, the party is not as popular as he had thought and the party has paid a heavy price 
because of the coalition government in the run-up to election, because of high inflation, and and frankly because of the way Imran Khan uh, has uh, ha- and support for him has played out in Punjab. So Nawaz Sharif was basically appealing that all political forces need to work together. Uh, we need to end the politics of hatred. It was an appeal for almost like a national government minus the PTI. Uh, but his opponents want to want to capitalize on 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 Nawaz Sharif's declining popularity, uh, and they. And that is why talks are still on. I mean, even today, uh, in, on Sunday, as we speak, uh, Zardari and his son Bilawal are in Lahore. Uh, there are reports that they may be meeting Nawaz Sharif to discuss uh, a possible coalition. But I think it's pretty uh, certain that Nawaz Sharif will not be the prime minister. If it, it if the if Nawaz Sharif's party leads, then it will be Shabazz. Otherwise, Bilawal uh, is aiming to be the next prime minister. So it's it's still murky uh, and discussions are still on, but those are the likely candidates and scenarios. I also saw the statement by uh, the army chief, General Asim Munir, you know, suggesting that all democratic forces come together. In a sense, he was also ap- appealing for a kind of a national government. Yes, and, and possibly suggesting that uh, established parties, legacy parties, uh, need to come together. Uh, he has a dim view of the PTI, and he has a dim view of uh, Imran Khan. Uh, in fact, you know, much of what is happening to Imran Khan is in part driven by the the strong differences between the army chief and Imran Khan. So, uh, while the army needs a coalition government and a civilian government as a as a as a civilian face of Pakistan. Um, I, I think he he can potentially work with with uh, Shahbaz Sharif. The army can also work with uh, Bilawal Bhutto. But I think uh, past experience with Nawaz Sharif hasn't gone well. Uh, so the results also seem to suggest that you know we are looking at either Shahbaz or Bilawal. Shadib, tell us. Uh, you know, uh, you, you know, you're based in Karachi. You're now in Islamabad. I mean, what are people saying to you, you know, on the street or people you talk to about the elections? Are they happy with the results? Are they? Do they feel that the election has been stolen? What's, what's the sense that you get from ordinary people? I would say uh, there is an overall sense that uh, election results have been manipulated. Uh, they expected this as well. For me, the amazing thing is that they still came out. I mean, imagine taking an exam where you already know the teacher is going to fail you and still going to the to the exam, right? And to me, that is hugely amazing that people still went out uh, and they expressed their anger in a peaceful way. Um, I, I would say generally, people are um, uh, are, are they, they believe that there's been rigging, but they're also really pleased that PTI has shown the performance that it has. Um, virtually every single party is alleging some form of rigging where it hasn't done well, right? Um, and and the context I explained about the delay of results and mobile phones being shut, it adds to the whole drama and the and the whole controversy. So I, I think in the end, what what's likely to happen is if uh, major political parties come to a power sharing agreement, a coalition government. Of course, they will all have to accept the result, 
there will be some challenges still pending. Um, uh, but I think if most big players accept the result, then the process can then go forward. Would you say that uh, though the mandate does appear to be for the PTI, would you th- do you think that the aims of the establishment, you know, in putting together a coalition or, you know, the established parties, that has worked in a sense? Amit, it's a very difficult question to ask, uh, to, to answer, uh, you know, what was the original plan? Because the impression created in the country and even abroad, I would say, in the international media was that the, the establishment supports Nawaz Sharif and he is all said to be the fourth time prime minister. That's what everybody was saying and every survey was showing because the PTI had been eliminated, right? And that didn't happen, right? So as you suggested earlier, the election commission and the authorities can say, well, look, you said the, the outcome is predetermined. It clearly wasn't. PTI has won so many seats as independents. So there's no substance to allegations of rigging, right? Um, I mean, I think what might happen is that uh, PTI, if it's allowed, if its res- mandate is respected, if it, then it can form a government in Khyber Pakhtunkhwa province. People's Party is all set to form a government in Sindh. And if Nawaz League uh, or, and, or Nawaz Sharif's daughter, Mariam, gets to be the chief minister in Punjab, then most major political parties are getting a share of power, right? And for that reason, they may come together to form a government in the center uh, and PTI then sits in the opposition. Uh, that, that, is, that could happen because everybody's getting something out of it, right? Uh, of course, they, they were claiming more, but they could settle for it. But I just feel that the sort of stability Pakistan needed uh, as a result of these elections, that seems to be, uh, that's not the case. And I think we will still be in very turbulent waters because whoever forms the government is at the end of the day sharing power with the army. And experience shows us that, you know, even if you want to work with the army, the army keeps changing its mind and it, it has its moods and it has its own preferences. And it sometimes like to punish uh, civilian politicians. So it is not going to bring the sort of stability that we need. Uh, the army that, would not be unhappy with a weak uh, coalition government. I mean, it may, it may suit their purpose in a sense. Yeah, I mean, many would say that's precisely what they want, a, a fractured polity, a polarized uh, environment and a weak government which can't bring about reforms to strengthen civilian institutions but is there to kind of just agree to whatever army wants, whether it is in foreign policy or on economic policy. Uh, the problem is that is not the solution to Pakistan. You know, having this hybrid setup did not work during Imran Khan's time. It failed miserably. It set Pakistan back many years. And to now try it again with uh, some rearrangement of furniture uh, is not going to deliver. Uh, I mean, some people think that that's the only way Pakistan can function. I, I'm i not so sure, uh, you know, because you're you're often at cross purposes. You know, politicians want to do something else. For example, they want to have good relations with neighbors, right? But the army, uh, if it continuously overrules or does things to undermine them, then then what can you do? Uh, so, so I, I mean, I uh, my problem is that I, I believe that you know uh, democratic 
democratically run countries are better placed to perform in public interest and national interest. And that's why I, I don't have high hopes of a hybrid setup, which we seem to be again heading for. So then, uh, if we look at the performance of religious parties, they do, don't seem to have done very well, especially the Tehreek-e Labai-e Pakistan. I think yeah. JUIF has some seats, and uh, I, I don't know about Jamaat-e-Islami, I haven't seen the breakup. But what's your sense? I mean, you know, how have they performed in these elections? I think fair to say that they've been uh, they've been roundly rejected. Uh, now the parties you mentioned, they we we can lump them together as religious parties, but some of them have a very uh, extremist agenda full of hatred, like the Tehreek Labak, and it you know, and some of the other uh, extremists slash jihadist uh, leaders, people who've been accused of sectarian violence and things like. I'm I was pleased to see that they did not make it. Most of them did not make it. Uh, now, JUI is a mainstream political party, uh, and it uh, it performed quite poorly in Khyber Pakhtunkhwa. Uh, it got some seats in Balochistan, but overall, not a thrilling performance, right? Um, same with Jamaat-e-Islami. Uh, well, Jamaat-e-Islami hasn't really performed well nationally anyways. It, it performs well in some provincial and local body elections. So, uh, generally speaking, we can say that yes, the religious parties have not performed uh, performed well, and that may not be a bad thing for Pakistan. But they do command an influence, even though their electoral fortunes have often been very mixed. Is that would that be correct to say? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they 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 do command uh, a lot of following. Uh, local on local level, uh, local elections. Uh, they often play a role of vigilantes. Uh, in the past, they were encouraged uh, and they were used to further, uh, you know, the, the sort of the, the extremist view uh, in so you know national interest. They were close to the Pakistani army and intelligence agencies. Uh, there are allegations that they were being patronized. Uh, and and we even saw in the past that you know they won and they were they were running provincial governments as well. Um, but I even though the current army chief is supposed to be quite religious and half as the Quran and every time he gives a speech he cites a lot of verses from Quran. Um, but it seems that he you know he, he hasn't like actively encouraged them. Uh, he allows them, and the, the the army allows them to to play out in the political field, but they are not actively being promoted or financed or inserted uh, into the government. I mean, I think that's that's what the election results show. But these policies policies keep evolving, and this could change at some point in the future. Chadi, before I let you go, you know, it's clear that Imran Khan is a leader. He's a formidable leader. You know. I know that, uh, you know, many of my, you know, uh, friends in Pakistan have mixed views about him. You know, this it's quite polarized, as you mentioned. But he's shown enormous perseverance and even from jail, you know, whatever he's been able to do. So the question I want to ask you is that, you know, what will happen to him? I mean, do you think at some point uh, the establishment and Imran Khan will come to some kind of an arrangement as we've seen time and again with what's happened with Nawaz Sharif? It is likely, uh, and that's what the his our history suggests that you know sometimes when leaders are, are out of favor, uh, there's a tendency to write them off. 
but they bounce back with you know twice as much force. And I think that is a very likely scenario for Imran Khan. He uh, he's quite uh, determined. You know, some would say stubborn. Uh, he's still holding the line. You know, he had a year ago, two years ago. But the bigger surprise is that you know even I I'm a critic of Imran Khan, and I said you know it's a personality based politi- uh, party. Everything revolves around the Imran Khan and his thoughts and his speeches. And that's why I, I had a dim view of how his party will perform. But the results have shown that, you know, uh, he has a huge, massive following. And his followers uh, came out and they have voted despite him being in jail, not being active, not being able to award tickets himself, not being able to inspire his voters. So Imran Khan has to be taken very seriously and he cannot be written off. And it is uh, quite likely that, as I said, if the new coalition government, uh, you know, stumbles and doesn't uh, doesn't uh, finish its tenure and there are differences with the army, the army may have to then engage Imran Khan in, in a conversation. The big question is whether he is flexible enough to engage the, uh, with the army or what sort of conditions he sets, you know, unless he also evolves while in prison and reflects on his own blunders. Uh, you know, uh, I, I I don't know. Uh, he, he's not in a position to dictate anything, but if he wants a way out, he will have to show some flexibility and and learn to negotiate with his worst opponents. Tazib Jilani, uh, thank you so much uh, for talking to the Hindus in Focus podcast and putting in perspective, you know, what's been happening in Pakistan. Uh, one thing is clear that Pakistan's politics are never boring. So I do <laughs> hope you give us a chance to keep in touch and uh, we value your comments on, uh, you know, the situation there. And we look forward to talking to you again and in, in Focus podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Pleasure. Take care. Bye-bye. In Focus will be back soon with analysis of the biggest news issues. In the meantime, you can find our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and other platforms. Just search for In Focus by the Hindu. We'll see you soon.